Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, follow the show at Strict Anonymous or follow me on Twitter at Cartoon Therapy. I tweet more over there. I love Twitter. It's probably the only social media thing that I really like because it's like short and to the point and... I don't know. It's kind of meaningless. I think Instagram is cool too. I just don't, I don't take a lot of pictures, but I like looking at pictures, especially pictures of food. <laughs> I'm that boring. Okay. The, that's like, those are my favorite pictures to look at. I also like looking at these girls, these young girls, weird bodies. I mean, they're not weird. They're like cartoon characters. I don't know. There's a new thing. There's like a new trend going on where there must be some sort of operation that I haven't heard of yet, but it's like it's happening where they take the ribs out or something. I don't know, because all these girls have these crazy curves around their waist and they have the big fake ass and the big fake tits, which I knew I knew about those. But now they have some waist thing going on. It's just so interesting to me. I'm really glad I'm not young. Uh, in this day and age, because I, I, I'm, I'm assuming all that shit costs a lot of money. And like, if you're really a young girl and you're looking at all these people and this is how you think you're supposed to look and you don't have any money, like, what do you do? I don't know. I feel sorry for young girls. Hey, because those women don't have like realistic bodies. It's like they're manufactured bodies. And I'm sure guys love them because they're everything that a guy would want. Very, very curvy and everything. But, uh, it's uh, really tough on girls, I think, nowadays. I feel sorry for them. Anyway, but I do like to look at those pictures because I'm just mesmerized by the craziness of it all. Anyway, so that's the only kind of stuff I really look on Instagram. But what, how, what was I talking about? Oh, the social media stuff. So, yeah, I don't have I have a Facebook face, a page for the show. It's Strictly Anonymous. Uh, but I don't engage on it. I hate Facebook. So you could go there. I, w- I won't know. But what I love for people to do, uh, which I will know about, is write into the show and give me your two cents. People write in all the time. Mostly it's good stuff. Like my people write in how much they love the show. And sometimes it's like advice. Like, hey, your volume really sucks. Or, you know, I don't know. What else did people ever say to me? Oh, let people like stop cutting them off. I think somebody actually one of my guys who called in and was a guest actually told me that 
Um, and I love stuff like that because I I am a work in progress. I always listen to my podcast and I'm always horrified by mistakes that I make or things that I do wrong and I'm always trying to be better. So if you th- there's something that kind of irritates you and you think I could work on it, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you could also send me an email there if you want to be on the show. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. I love to have people on the show. I love to help people with their problems. Like I said, I give... I give unprofessional advice. So if you're looking for advice or problem because like your friends are sick of talking to you about it or you have no friends or you don't want to talk to anyone about this problem and you want to remain anonymous, that's what my show is all about. You can uh, email me at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com and I'll have you on the show. Um, And that's who I have on the show today. I have on a listener and it's a female, which I always get so excited about because I never have women. I don't have as many women on the show. I have had women on and Uh, I mostly have guys because of where I advertise. Uh, But most of my women I get were women that were listeners of the show and they write in. And I love that. Uh, This girl's name is Cookie. Her made up name is Cookie, which I love. I think is really cute. And she's got she a lives a double life and B has a problem that she needs advice on. And the problem is her double life, which is her very abusive boyfriend uh, who she's been dating for a while and uh, nobody knows about him. And it's a really interesting story. I don't want to give out too many of the details because then why do you have to listen? But it's basically she's dating a physically abusive guy and nobody knows about it and she's living a double life. And this is literally the first time, like her telling me the fact that she's with him is the first time she's ever telling anybody in the past four years that she's even with this guy. So she's a little nervous at first, but she comes clean. We talk about everything, uh, how they met, how long they've been dating, you know, how abusive he's been, why she doesn't tell anybody, and uh, and then some. So it's a really great podcast. So I'm just going to get right to it and be right back with Cookie. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well... Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Hi, is this Cookie? Hi. Hi, Cookie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I think I have my volume set. So, uh, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. So, I didn't, I'm not going to read your email because it's basically like the whole story. I want you to sort of talk, you know, tell the story yeah. yourself. So, why don't you explain what the deal is and what you're calling in for? Oh, God. Okay. So, um, I'm like really nervous about this, but I think it'll be good. Um, oh, don't worry. We're like, pre-recorded. So, this is like a, you know, pretend you're, you're just talking to, are you nervous because you're like being taped? Because it's pre-recorded. It's not like live. So, I could edit anything yeah. out if you fuck up. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm just nervous. I like, no, like, no one knows the truth about this whole thing. I know, but like, it's anonymous. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck you are. And that's why it's <laughs> such a good way to do it. If you're going to do it, this yeah. is the way to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so five years ago, I had been like, you know, getting over a breakup and whatever. I was like 25 at the time and I guess like four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was with my roommate one night and we decided to go out, even though like we weren't even going to go out that night. We were both, it was like 11 o'clock. We were both like lying in bed and she was like, we need to get out of the house. 
So we ended up going out to this place. I mean, like, it wasn't even a wild night. Like, we just went and we, like, had a drink. And we're sitting there and these guys walked in. And I remember her being like, they're going to come over and talk to us. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, you go out to a bar, of course, guys come over and talk to you. Right. And um, we came over and we met. We started talking. And, like, pretty much, like... We didn't even go home together that night. We just exchanged numbers. But the guy was like super hot, and we just like connected right away. And like pretty much for the past five years, we've been together ever since then, for all intents and purposes. Okay, cool. What are we um, gonna call him? What's his, your cookie? What's his name? John. John. Um, we could call. What? Did you say John? You want to call him John? Yeah, we let's call him John. That's okay. Fine. Okay. Cool. So yeah. John gives you his number. You guys get you guys exchange numbers with John, and then you guys start dating. We started dating, and actually, my roommate starts dating the guy, like, he was with. So, it was, like, four of us all the time. Mm-hmm. That's um, convenient. <laughs> it was convenient, but also, like, so bad. Um, <laughs> so, so, and they're, like, best friends from, you know, their hometown. Um, and the two of us are, like, really close. So, it's, like, this whole incestuous weird thing. Mm-hmm. Just, we started dating, and basically, it's just like he had, unbeknownst to me at the time, he was um, doing like steroids and a lot of coke mm-hmm. and stuff. And he, so he had like a really good job at the time, um, and was doing all these drugs and stuff, which I didn't really know about. I mean, I know we drank, and like occasionally we would go out and like do coke on like a party night or whatever, but nothing crazy. Yeah, I had um, a boyfriend like that. He was actually snorting heroin, and I had no idea until like a year and a half right? after we broke up. Swear to God. Yeah, like we we were twenty. He was twenty three, and I was twenty five. So we were going out and partying like pretty hard. We live in a huge city, like right. Both having a good time, both social, you know. So I wouldn't think that. And I grew up with like a lot of drug addiction in my family. So like usually. I and I like work my current job is working with people um, with substance use problems. So usually, like, I'm pretty good at figuring this shit out, but it was like steroids. Like, I didn't really know about that at all. Right. And uh, people get really angry on steroids. Yeah. Really scary yeah. angry. Scary angry. And he's also the type, like, he's not like, like he has a lot of underlying anger. And mm-hmm. like, when he drinks, it turns into a different person. So this is all like shit that I'm learning, like, the first year we're together. Mm-hmm. And. You know, it was just one of those, like, horrible, toxic relationships where, like, it's like the person will cheat on you. You find out. You still go back with them. It's like, and I consider myself, like, a really strong, independent person. And, like, for some reason, this is just, like, my kryptonite. Everyone has that. It's That's our, like, dysfunctional thing. I mean, we all have that. And I think that that's, like, the relationship that's really, like, sort of... Like it just triggers your dysfunctional history with your parents or whatever. And those are the ones, you know, when you're in that kind of relationship, when you cannot leave, like you lose all sense of yourself and stuff. But there's a lot of like strong lessons that you're being learned. I think that you learn from those kind of things, but you really feel trapped. That's how you know you're working through something like that. Because it's like you, like you say, you're a strong, I've been there and I'm a pretty strong person too. And you can't mm-hmm. get out no matter what. It's like it's you almost sort of feel like two people because you could even look at yourself in the middle of it and be like, what the fuck's wrong with me? But you can't stop the madness. No, like so many times throughout this whole thing, I've been like, oh, my God, I'm such an idiot. Like I give my <laughs> friends advice and like I am doing opposite, you know, so like. Yeah, but let me ask you this. So in that first year, though, really quick, did you, A, find out about the the, um, steroids and cocaine uses within that first year? Or you were just dealing with ramifications? Like, how did you find out? 
Like, I would, so I would notice that he would get, like, really crazy and angry and stuff. But, again, I thought he was just, like, being a boy and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then one day I came home, and it was, you know, the point in the relationship, and this all happened too quickly, which is how, you know, it's, like, mad unhealthy. But um, I can't, like, he was staying with me all the time, or I was staying with him all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't spend a night apart. I came home and I was like looking for something in this drawer next to my nightside table that I like never really go in. Mm-hmm. Like the drawer you have with just like mail and shit in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. And I there was like a needle in there. And I was like, what the fuck? But it was like big. And I like, I know what a heroin needle looks like, obviously, mm-hmm. from growing up. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? And so I started just like ripping shit apart. Because I was also freaking out. Like, I don't want to see that in my own home. I grew up with that shit. I don't want it around me. You know, like, you know, I started to like freak out. I'm like ripping my room apart. And I found like three vials of like steroids from Canada or where the fuck you get them. And I was just like, what the hell is this? Wow, and he was, like, bringing it to your house, right? Like, that's crazy because you guys are hanging out so much, so he just had to actually bring it and hiding it in your drawers. That's that's hilarious. Yeah, that's crazy. And, like, I hadn't noticed. And, like, so that was how I found out about that. We had this big conversation. Like, he said after he finished the cycle, he wasn't going to do it anymore. And at that point, like, our fighting, like, you know, we were just this, like, one of those toxic couples that, like, fights are crazy and, like, definitely physical, but also then, like makes up and is like really passionate like talks like crazy and it's totally. kind of like we both were into like the the chaos of the drama like horribly codependent and crazy mm-hmm. totally <laughs> you see um, it all the time by the way and listen you said like five times already like it was like you know i saw that shit growing up so i was like it really freaked me out so it's just like right there all of a sudden yeah. that trigger when you see that first thing it triggers you back into your past and then all of a sudden you're like reliving that and that's where it becomes like about your past and that's why you stay because you're trying to rework that shit totally and like not for nothing like my dad died really suddenly when i was 21 so mm-hmm. and like you know i still like i've always been really good at like going to school getting great grades having great jobs like my professional life is really great you know i'm very successful for my age but mm-hmm. You know, I, that's because I don't deal with anything else, you know. Yeah, well, like, listen, that, that part of your life and every other part of your life besides, like, love and, like, relationships, you could be in control of, you know. It's a lot of times yeah. really smart people that are super great at that stuff have the hardest time in relationships because it's the antithesis. They have to be, like, the antithesis of who they are in their in, or the reason why they're successful and everything else is because you're super controlling and you're super disciplined and you're super logical. You know what I mean? And yeah. super focused. Yeah. Those are all things that get in the way of relationships. So a lot of times you yeah. find that more so in people like that anyway, I think. Yeah, totally. So, you know, we had all this conversation about that. And then, you know, he claimed he was only drinking coke when, like, we would go. And again, like, I would do it once in a while. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, a drink at party, but I'm not, like, a big Cokehead. drug person. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a you know, drink for certain. So and he was like, no, I only do it once in a while with you. So, and I hadn't really found out about that like as much yet. Um, and, you know, he said he was going to stop after the cycle, but like, didn't really. And like, things were getting really bad. Like, we were getting in like huge fights. And like, you know, he would, he was really strong. And then when you do steroids, it's like you're even, you have like inhuman strength or mm-hmm. whatever. So, yeah. like, 
I got, I got fucked up a little bit, and that's how I started, like... But what do you mean by you know? fucked up? Because you also said before, and you just, like, breezed over it. You said, oh, yeah. it got physical, and now you got fucked up. Like, I mean, what do you mean by that? Like, was he, like... I mean, he, like, there were, like, some bruises I had to, like, explain away, you know? Right. Well, um, would he, like, punch you in the face? Like, how'd you get those bruises? Like, no, specifically? not my face. What would he do? Not like, would he hold you down? Would he wrestle you? Would he smack you? Like, what would he do? Yeah. We had, like, one particular fight that I remember. It was, like... Uh, really early in the morning because he came home and like I hadn't heard from him at all. He said he was coming home from work. He worked a late shift. He would work from like three to midnight. Uh huh. Um. So I was like up waiting, and then he never showed, and I was really upset. And like I caught him talking to other girls and stuff. So, like it was like that. Whole, I sat there that whole night like queuing and waiting, and he showed up at like six in the morning, and I was like, what the fuck? So it just started, and like we started going back and forth, like saying she really means shit to each other, like saying shit that we know the other one's like insecure about. Of course, like he's totally fucked up on drugs and alcohol and has become like this other person. And like, we started fighting and he like went outside to go get in the car. And I was like, you're not going to drive, obviously. Um, and we just started going crazy. And he like punched me in my arm really hard. And I was like, what the fuck? And then he threw me against a brick wall. Now, yeah. did you fight was, back? Like, what happened? What did yeah, you totally. do? Okay, so you're fighting back at him. So you guys just start having, like, a physical fight with each other. Yeah, and it was not good. And and I, that's the thing. Like, I don't want this to be, like, you know, I'm... Obvi- I mean, obviously, this is domestic violence, but I don't want to come across on this thing. Like, I'm some, like, poor, you know... You're some what? Abused woman. Like, some poor abused woman. Like, we were fighting each other. Like, I don't... It was like, well, you stuck up for yourself, fight. but you're still like, it's still a little scary yeah. when you're like fighting, you know, it's not really a fair fight. Okay. Because you got some crazy, no, like, not. you know, you're not on roids. You're not a guy. You're not, right. you know, you don't have anger issues. So, right. you know, it's not, and he's like a really like pretty in shape guy, like for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I would still call you a victim it. of that scenario. I wouldn't say it's, yeah. you know, okay, go on. Yeah. That's the first time think, he did it. Like that was the first fight, right? The first time you saw that he was violent with that you. Was, yeah, that was like yeah. And now, had you ever had like your relationship history before him? Had you? I know you grew up and like in your family. Besides the drugs, was there a lot of physical violence as well that you saw growing up? Not in my like immediate family, but um, we have like a pretty big extended family, and like we'd see it, but not like crazy like that. Right. My dad had, and my dad was great, but my dad had like a pretty bad temper uh-huh. he, i mean he never hit us or anything but he was like a pretty he could be pretty aggressive dude right so he had um, the anger issues maybe a little bit as well for sh- oh for sure right. and like not even toward us like toward other people right and then for for you i mean like you said not for nothing my father did die when i'm 21 i mean you definitely have to put that in the equation that definitely you know uh, affects you in the way you have relationships because that's like you know that's really hard that's a hard age i mean you lost your father suddenly right at 21 and, what, sorry, what? You lost your father suddenly, suddenly at 21? Is that when? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And how did yeah. he die? He had a heart attack. Right. So, out of, so that, you know, and I think that that's like really, I mean, that's like I said, it's going to affect you too. You have to know that. That has to be a part it of your story. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. And it like, you know, it was like it's this weird thing. Like I have a sister and she's five years older. So it was like, he, and he wasn't like, he, it, my dad wasn't, like, obese or, like, he wasn't, like, someone you'd think of having a heart attack. It was, like, a very out-of-nowhere thing. He didn't have heart problems. He was healthy. Like, right. it was crazy. So, yeah, you hear that um, a lot. I think a lot with a lot of men. I don't know if it's the anger thing. Sometimes it's genetics. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. It's, it's not... yeah, I think it was, like, 
a mix of things and like he had a stressful job so that probably didn't help mm-hmm. yeah all that um stuff. but it was like i was between my last two years of my last i was the summer before my senior year of college mm-hmm. um so i went right back to school and you know was i i haven't really like been around my family like i left and that was that like i, I don't know i haven't really dealt with it i guess emotionally whatever. of course it's so hard like that's that's like a crazy thing it's like that's like a sharp right turn you know what i mean like out of nowhere totally. for something like that to Change happen my whole life. yeah because yeah. and without expecting it especially i mean i think it's just equally as traumatizing if someone goes from cancer because then you have to go through watching them die and that's but totally. like in this situation it's just as traumatizing because it's like so unexpected you have no you have no idea you know yeah. he's fine one day and then he goes right that's crazy yeah yeah super crazy so um, but your relationship history in the past, so you had never had a guy before, like had you had long-term boyfriends before this guy? Yeah, not, not, none. I would say, like I had a long-term boyfriend in college, I guess like two years, but that, you know. But no physical then, violence before this guy? No. Okay. So the first time he hit like you. I dated like an older guy when uh-huh. I was young, like I, when I was like 16, I dated a guy who was like 25 and like told my parents he was 19, but he wasn't physically violent, but that's just like creepy. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 15, I dated a guy who was 21 for like two years. I didn't even realize it yeah. was creepy until now, maybe looking back. I no, don't even me know. either. At the time, I was like, this is totally fine. But like looking back, I'm like, ew. <laughs> yeah, on his end, not yours though. I think the guys no. are more, right? I don't know. Um, like I remember thinking like if one of my guy friends told me he was dating like a 15 year old, I'd be like, are you fucking serious? exactly that's how i look at my guy too um but so this was so that first time though that he hits you i had a guy once hit me once and we had a full-blown fight for like two hours because i definitely fought back and we beat the shit out of whatever and then i literally never saw him again until like years later like that scared the shit out of me and that was done but that wasn't a part of my history i'd never seen i don't know like for me that was like a major deal breaker so for you like that happens and it's so horrifying but you go right back to him right is that like oh yeah right good news strictly anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show so if you lead an interesting naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous if you're out and proud that's cool too send me an email strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com that's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com or go to my website strictly anonymous podcast.com and click on be on the show if you have a short confession that you want to get off your back call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579 that's 347-420-3579 you could call that number 24 7 i change all the voices on the confessions too so you remain anonymous the number the website and the email address will all be in the description So it wasn't like that... hours later. Right. <laughs> hours later. Not even like two days later? <laughs> no. No, like he slept it off and I was really upset and we were mad at each other and it was just like, okay. Right. Okay. So, and did you tell people about, well, no, it's, 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 no. it's not so weird because I think most people that have a history of that or fall into that, that's the way it works. Um, did, yeah. did you uh, tell any friends or did you keep that a secret? I kept it a secret for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I didn't tell anyone. I like me. I was like, oh, I, like, I don't know. I 
like the essential like cliche like i fell down the stairs and shit like that i made up no but listen those um, cliches exist because that's the way it typically goes right that you did the same yeah. shit you were making up stuff for the bruises did it escalate where like now that he hit you once now it was that he was able to do it all the time it wouldn't be like and i mean still to this day i mean not that it's different now but like it wasn't like a regular thing that it would be like these and it, it always has to do with substances. With what? It's never like it always has to do with when he's drinking and stuff. It's never like when he's sober. Right. He's definitely someone that no. should be sober. Probably always. He probably should not uh, be. He can't do drugs or alcohol. He probably should be a sober person. <laughs> He needs to be a sober person. He, yeah. like, has gotten in legal trouble because of shit he's doing when he's drinking. Like, yeah, he's, he's not, somebody like, he that shouldn't drink. Yeah, I don't drink. I'm sober for 12 years because I'm a person that can't do that that kind of stuff. It's just not right for me. Most people can, but some people can't. And he's definitely someone yeah. that should not. But um, so when you say it's not like a regular thing, would you say it would happen once a month, two times a year? Like, what was the consist? Like, what was... When did it happen? Like, somewhere in between there. Like, I would, like, maybe, I guess, like, once a month or, like, less. Right. Okay, so he abuses you. You you sit in, but you have no, like, you don't leave him for a while. You date him I, for how long? No. So, so, the year, before this whole straining order mess, it was, like, a year. Right. So, you date um, him for a year. What broke you guys up at the end of that year if, like, the fighting did I had, like, no, it wasn't. And it was, like, I had, um. Oh, okay, yeah. I um trying to think. There's so many of that. I mean, it's been so long now. <laughs> Shit has been going on. It's, right, this is but, just a um, backstory. Because the truth is, and I'll just let my listeners know where this leads to, is you guys break up, broke up, and everyone's yeah. happy. You're not with this guy anymore. But you've been secretly with him for a while again now. Oh, yeah. So right. Like, so I'm just getting the backstory, but eventually you guys break up. So let's fast forward to that. Like, you guys, like I said, I mean, he's beating the shit out of you, kind of. You don't really care about, like, you don't break up with him. Like, what was the thing that he did that made you break up? Because you knew he was also so, cheating on you, too, right? So, yeah, well, I would catch like, shit in his phone or whatever, and then one day he told me he was going to work on mm-hmm. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sick. I had a cold. Yeah. I am home. I spoke to him before. His, he has this sort of job where he actually can't like text or talk during I don't want to say too much because they'll like give it away but he yeah, can't totally. text or talk during uh-huh. um and so he would usually call me before he went in and then call me and he was on his way home um it would get to the point where I was like happy for those seven hours like right. no fucking contact um so I'm in bed and my roommate had been over had gone to her boyfriend's apartment he lived with my boyfriend um and she comes flying in to our apartment like 12 at night. I'm still up, coughing, whatever, crying. And she's like, stop, there's a girl over there. I just found her with a girl over there. There's some girl in the house. He tried to hide her from me, keep her in his room. But she's there. So your guy is there w- with her boyfriend using that house to, like, screw another girl behind your back? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I was like, no, he's at work. And she was like, no, there's a girl there. Like, go over there right now. So I, like, get ready to go. And then my best friend calls me and just happens to call me. And I just, like, started crying. And she was like, do not go over there. One, because you're going to, like, beat the shit out of this girl and go to jail. And two, like, it's not her fault. And three, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, I was just, like, so angry. I was like, ah. So my friends came and picked me up. And I ended up going and staying with them. Um for a couple of days and like didn't talk to him and then I was like I'm done like I'm not gonna 
self-esteem again. Right. So that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like finally something was so bad that like you were able to like cut that tie. And how yeah. long did you guys stay broken up for? I want to say like it was a couple of months. It was a couple of months and like like a month went by and we had no contact. And I actually like started to rebuild. And that is when I like told my best friend that there had been like physical stuff. And, um, that was like a huge deal. And then, you know, I started to like, I went to like a therapist twice. Cause I don't really like that. Even though like I probably should be coming to therapy. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I was like starting to be really good. And so like there was a month of no contact and like slowly but surely he would like call me or text me or like something just like little mm-hmm. and I would ignore him. And then I was like, you know what? I really can't do this anymore. And then this like onslaught of obsession started and he was like freaking out, calling me all the time, like being really crazy. And it got to the point where I ended up having to file a restraining order that I didn't want to do. My mm-hmm. cousin kind of like, my cousin lives in the same city and she was like we have to do this we have to do it we have to do it and she was like it's the best thing and I was like no because I still like so in love with this guy and like you know couldn't let it go it's like this toxic horrible thing mm-hmm. so you know we ended up going through that um on, you know to did me, he listen to the did he listen to the uh, no, of course. I, this is what I don't get. I mean, this is just a side note thing because you always hear about these things that I just don't see how that really works or how people think that does anything because these people don't ever follow it, do they? Really? Like, what does it mean? A order of protection? It doesn't. Really? And people kept saying that to me, like, just get it on paper, just get it on paper. And I'm like, well, it's not going to mean a lot if it's on paper and like we're both dead. Like, no, okay, it happens all the time. I don't really see the big thing of it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> It doesn't seem to but, do much for the, the person. Because these people, yeah, if they're stalking you and they're doing that, like, he didn't stop, right? He still was, like, sort of pursuing you even when you had that order of protection against him? Yeah. And, like, I didn't know. So this is another, like, thing. Oh, so much shit to the story. I didn't know that he had a warrant out. He like, gotten super drunk and, like, was publicly intoxicated. And when they, like, stopped him to give him a ticket, he had coke on him. Mm-hmm. And again, I didn't know the extent of his cocaine. So he had a warrant out because he didn't go to his court date for coke session. So when they went to serve him with their restraining order, they arrested him and took him to jail, which is like really what I didn't want to happen. But oh, yeah, no, like, that was the best thing for you if he was in jail. <laughs> I know. That's like, the best the time, way to protect yourself. <laughs> what? That would have been the best way to get him away from you. The only way, really. I know, but I just, like, you know, I'm still, like, in love with him. And, like, exactly. you know, everyone is just like, no, no, no. Like, you can't ever speak to him again. Like, he's horrible. And, like, people didn't really know. It was just, like, it was just, like, so hard and terrible. And I, you know, I knew it was the right thing to do, but, like, my heart wasn't in it. And you can't really do that kind of thing unless you're 100% behind it because then it's even less effective. No, you were still addicted to him. You were still in that codependent totally. place. So in order, the fact that you didn't see it the way everyone else did just – was a proof yeah. of that, you know? Yeah. So he ended up like going to jail and his mom like called me and was like flipping the fuck out. And like his whole thing is like his mom is like a nice person, but she a hundred percent has never held her kids accountable for anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't teach him how like, to like control his anger and any of that stuff, obviously. No. And like his like nothing was ever his fault. He was like, he's like a, he was like a big football star and stuff in high school. And like, nothing was ever his fault. Like he could be caught red handed, 
doing a crime and like somehow she would turn it into being somebody else's fault. Yeah, it's funny because I was just having a conversation with my friend about um, we both know two people in our lives who we're friends with who are very like angry, hothead assholes. And uh, yeah. it's so obvious to me that the, my angry asshole hothead is that way because <laughs> he just wasn't trained properly. You know what I mean? He, like when right. he goes into that place, it's I don't look at him as like a scary dude. I look at him as like a five year old you know, emotional mess. And I just feel like, you know, at that point in his life, somebody didn't come in and teach him how to deal with all those feelings because he's super sensitive and he has a lot of feelings. And so these people grow up to be, you know, like a mess. And it's because they weren't raised properly, I think. Like their parents didn't give them the proper tools of how to control their emotions and their feelings. And I think some kids are probably more difficult than others, you know, and parents just don't know what to do. He's probably very emotional, very sensitive, very powerful. And his mother was like, probably didn't know what to do. So just let him do anything. And now he He's like scary because he's an adult and he can actually hurt people with, you know, the shit that he does. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he was like that kid in school, like, you know, just like you were saying, like had ADHD and like couldn't be controlled and like right. fucking huge problem until he got into sports and like, you know. Yeah. And, and the sad so. thing is no one can really help them except themselves. So you're so you go back to him after all of this, obviously. Right. Yep. So he gets out of jail, and then you like, do you pick him up and like take him home? No, I mean, no, no. but I, I mean, have how do you been, keep? So you've been dating him though, right, for four years, right? For at that at that point? No, now let's now? get to the point. For... Now, yeah, you've yeah. been dating him. All, like, really, you only took a break for a very short time, then, right? Yeah. You went back, yep. but you went back secretly. I did go back secretly. It was like, How do you, you know, I wasn't even like, yeah, huh? No, go on. What were you going to say? I wasn't even living in my same apartment anymore. And like, it just got to be too much. And finally he like called me. He was like, I just really want to see you. I love you. Like, I know I'm such a fuck up. Like that really woke me up. Like, please. And like, I met up with him and it was just like, that like, nah, shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have done it. And what? that was like, what made it all dissolve <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you s- continue to date him but you decided mm-hmm. to keep it a secret from everybody yeah everybody like so, literally nobody knows but how do you keep a full-fledged relationship from everybody in your life did you do you not have contact with your friends are you just like when you have things no. to go to he doesn't go with you like how do you keep it a secret i would never be able to do that it's so hard it's been like eating me up inside i like like this is like a huge problem it's something that like it's really difficult. I mean, like, he goes and, like, he'll go upstate and, like, visit his family and whatever. And so, you know, and it's my house that he lives in. Um, he lives with you? Yeah. And nobody <laughs> knows. Do your friends ever come over your house? I mean, I know I live in New they York do, City. Like, and no one gone. ever comes over people's houses in New York. So, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I get if people don't go over your house, you know, because that's not how they do it here. But, like, how do people not see his shit in your house? What do you do? Clean up or, like, hide his stuff? Yeah, and, like, he... I'm sorry, he, if I like, was your I, friend, I would know. I really believe I, I would know. Don't you think some of your I friends know. have an idea? Does anyone question you? Oh, it's a little, but I also have this job where I work, especially in the winter time. I work, like, almost all the time. Right. So, like, it's not unusual for me not to really be around. And for when I am around, like, sleeping. All right, but don't um, they wonder I, why in the past four years you haven't had one relationship or met any guys or anything? Like, do they ever tell you, like, wow, you should start dating again or something? Like, do they wonder? Yeah, and, like, I kind of, like, I ha- like I've, I've done some shit behind his back. <laughs> oh, you've cheated on him? Yeah. 
How come? So does he still? Let me ask you this. This is the big question that I want to know. Like, does he still do those things? Does he still cheat on you? Does he still physically, uh, you know, abuse you? Like, do those things still go on? Do you still have that same horrible relationship with him? No, it's definitely gotten calmer. Like, there have been instances. Like, I'm not happy. And, like, this is the part that, like, this is why I ended up writing to you. Because I remember I remember listening to that one podcast you had about Cirque. And I was like, well, this is really crazy. So maybe I can talk to her about this. Exactly. This also yeah. Also crazy. Right. You're not uh-huh. happy. No, I'm not. And I told him that. And I, like, tried to break up. But it was, like, he was, like, unemployed for a little while. And, like... He had no one, and he does this thing where he's like, I don't have anyone. And like, he, the thing is, that's so crazy. Is like, he knows that he's like a secret, and like, kind of just puts up with it. And and I have been like, we really shouldn't see each other anymore. Like, this is so crazy. And then he'll freak out, and he does still get scary. It's a much calmer relationship now. But like, I'm scared about what's gonna happen if you really do right if you really right the reason why he doesn't sort of go you know cross the line is because you continue to stay with him but if you really did put your foot down and say this is it what would he do to get you you know what i mean he would have to do something crazy right i mean it's the problem he's probably not just gonna let you go so you're kind of backed into a a scary corner for sure. And I think that's yeah. what happens like to a lot of women in your position. That's why people say, why don't they leave? Why don't they, you know, I think that's what, yeah. that's honestly, where they I find tired. I get tired of stressing out over it. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. I don't care. And like, I'll go do my own thing and see my friends. And like, I've gone on dates. I've seen people. I, you know, I, not a lot. Cause it makes me uncomfortable. And again, I don't really like, I've never really been a cheater. Like I don't really like it. Mm-hmm. I don't, it doesn't like it makes me more anxious than anything. Like I know some people get off on that, and I get it, but like I don't like. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, but you've kind of put yourself in a position where you have no choice but to do it. I get it. Like I get that you're probably doing a lot of things that are not like you because that's why I don't lie in life because one lie leads to another leads to 50 others you know what I mean every it's like a domino effect right so here you have this fake relationship and you're not a fake but you know what I mean you're hiding it and then you have to hide everything else and it just like escalates and before you know it you have to lie about everything and you're like oh my god you're living like a total double life or triple life you know and I think that that's what happens and that's why it's just too much you know it's too exhausting how do you how do you keep up with all those lies how do you keep up with all that stuff you know and then you start to feel bad about yourself like you said because you're like this isn't really me but it's like what who you've become you know and I think listen people judge people like oh I would never do that and you know sometimes you don't know where you wind up in life the shit that you do you never say never because you never know you know you don't know you know and shit happens and if you're not and you're young you were young when all this sort of started so you know it's easy to get yourself involved with things and then you don't know how to dig yourself out that's the hard part yeah, and it's like shit has happened. It's been like, I mean, it's been really hard, and I'm not like I take full accountability for this. I don't like I know it's my, you know, my bullshit that got me here, but um, you know, there have been like things that have happened between us, and, like traumatizing things that have happened, like whether it be, and again, it's like a lot less volatile now, but, like more fighting and stuff, where I literally just have to like suck it up and like put on a different face and like go live my other life, where I have like my normal friends and my family and my job and stuff. But you have nobody like, to still, talk to when things get bad with no. him, right? Yeah, like that's no, crazy. No, I only have him to talk to. I only talk to him about it. And you can't talk to him about him, right? No. And when I do, he's, you know, he doesn't get it. He's not, I'm not going to say he's the deepest, so. <laughs> right, but when you say you're unhappy, like what are, like at this point, what are you unhappy with? Do you feel like you've sort of outgrown the relationship, but you don't know how to end it? Yeah. 
yeah, like I want to be like, I know I have to be done. I know that this like can't, it's like, a, I can't, this isn't the person I'm going to like get married to if I decide I want to get married. Like too much has gone on and I know it's unhealthy. And I also know that like, I'm not trying to sound like a bitch, but like I have a lot of shit going for me and like he does not share the same like motivation for life. No, but that's what and, I, you're around 30, right? Yeah, I'm 39. Yeah, that's what happens around that age, I find that. You know, when you're in your 20s, you date people and you're never thinking about your future, right? I dated, like, broke musicians in my 20s, you know, because it's like (laughs) I wasn't ever thinking I'm going to marry. You know, you're not thinking of the future, really. But when you cross over and you start to get a little bit more mature and you start to think, you think of different things, you know, and so you do look at people, like, you know, and you judge them in a different way or, you know. So you're, I know you said in your email to me that you're going to law school and you're changing your whole life soon. I think that that's really going to help you. And ha- Because what is he going to do, move with you? You told me you're moving out of a city. You're moving from where you're living from, right, to someplace totally yeah. different, right? So yeah. I feel yeah. like that's that's the best thing you could have done for yourself because in that sense, you're not leaving him just to leave him because which would send him on a crazy rage. You know, you're leaving yeah. him to go to school. So I think that that's like the really smart way to do it if you have to do it with somebody like that. Because he won't totally. personalize it as much. And what is he going to do? Follow you to the other city? Like, have you guys talked about what he's going to do when you move? He's like, so this is the thing, like, and this has been, like, the whole, like, when I said I was going to apply, he was, he's never been really supportive about it. And he's kind of like, well, you have a really good job now. I don't understand. And it's like, well, you don't understand because, like, you're not somebody who, like, aspires for more and, like, dreams of things for yourself. Like, right. something I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And... So, you know, he just kind of, like, brushed off music, kind of trying to sabotage it, like, the morning and the night before the LSAT, which was such a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Like, he kicked this fight, and, like, we got in a crazy fight, and I ended up, like, leaving late, and it was, like, all, like, fucking crazy. And I still ended up doing well, and, like, I almost feel like, like, I'm not a religious person, but I almost feel like this is some sort of, like, divine intervention. Like, I still did well on the test. I ended up getting into this school that's in a different city with, like, a full scholarship. So, like... Yeah, somebody's helping you. Maybe some other part of yourself or some other part of whoever, whatever. Something's helping you get out of this situation because, you know, sometimes when you can't help yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, it just something comes in. Like, you say you think it's a divine intervention. Maybe it's just like some other part of you, this really smart part of you that's really working to get yourself out of this situation. And you're doing the right thing for sure. Yeah. So, and I don't know, like, so he hasn't, like, really talked about it, except to be like, yeah, yeah, like, I want to stay together, and I'll be like, yeah, okay, definitely, because I know that, like, once I leave, I can also just be like, okay, bye, like, whatever. <laughs> um, right. He knows that, really funny. I mean, please. Yeah, it's really funny, because after I emailed you that night, he had gone to work and didn't get home until, like, 2.30 in the morning, and I was like, fuck, I know this kid's out drinking, and he hasn't gone out drinking in a really long time, because he can't handle it, mm-hmm. and... He came home, like, in a rage about me leaving. And I was like, I can't fucking believe you did, like, in a complete rage, like, throwing shit around. And and that, like, cemented for me, like, oh, this is the right decision. But it was, like, finally came out in him, like, how angry he is and how he's like, fuck boss, so you should go, you know, like, fuck you. And, like, just saying all this, like, really mean stuff that he says when he's drunk that he knows will get to me. Um, 
Well, showing how he like, really feels about it. Because listen, that's probably like, listen, anybody that's dating someone and is, and is in love with them is going to be hurt and upset if they find yeah, out that they're yeah. leaving them to go to school. You know what I mean? That's a bad situation for anybody. But, you know, for somebody like him, like not a lot of women, and he knows this on some level, okay, are going to put up with his bullshit, right? He found sort of the perfect girl, right? You sort yeah. of put up yep. with his stuff. You keep that secret life. Like you do, you know, I, he's not going to get a lot of other people that are going to sign up for that that shit so right. he can't if he loses you he might have to change and be a better person you know with you know. he could kind of be himself and you accept him and so of course he's going to hold on to you as hard as he can yeah and like but you're he... doing the best thing sorry i just cut you off again. you're doing the best thing though for the both of you i mean what you're doing is not only going to help you yeah. it's going to help him too because people shouldn't put up with the way that he is he needs to be taught that just because your mommy put up with you that way like nobody else is going to you know what i mean and he needs to clean up yeah. his act he needs to get off of drugs he needs to stop drinking and stop acting like an asshole he definitely shouldn't shoot up steroids and he needs to act like a yeah. decent human being to be in a relationship where he shouldn't have one you know um and you're totally. gonna and be better like, for yourself because you're leaving I'm, like, not my best self. Like, again, like, I'm unhappy. It's been this, like, slow depression, almost, like, this, like, slow apathy that, like, you know, I used to be, like, a really active and shaped person. I've, like, put on, like, some weight. Like, I'm just, like, depressed. And I know that once I get away from the situation, like, I can start, like, doing the shit I want to do and not just being, like, oh, like, I won't go out tonight. Like, I don't feel like dealing with it. I'm just, like, stay. And, like, oh, my God. Your my whole life later. is going to change. You're, like, it's <laughs> like you're literally trapped in jail. Like, seriously. Yeah. You're going to look back at this time of your life. It's so dark. You know what I mean? It's such a weird place that you put yourself in. I've been there. I've had really bad relationships where I had a, uh, like where I felt like I had to hibernate with them and I was away from the world and I wasn't living my life you know and when you get out of that it's so traumatizing that you probably will never get back and hopefully you'll never it'll be that bad that you're like oh you'll never wind up sort of crossing that line and trapping yourself in that position again because it's such a bad place right look how long it's taken to get yourself yeah. out and like you said it's not a normal place to be and I do believe when you lie and you hold on and you're not being yourself it affects you physically like you gain weight and you you know because you're not let it you're not like you're not your flow is all fucked up you know have you thought yeah. of sort of when you're actually going to admit to people the truth of all this because I think that that in some way and whenever you feel like doing that will be very good for you at some that's point that's like the thing that I'm the most but like the thing I feel the most fucked up about is like I feel like everyone will be like, Oh my god, you've been lying for so many years, like cool, you've been are you like you're a terrible person. <laughs> I just like I can't and like I haven't I feel like like I don't and it sounds crazy because of this double life, but like I'm not a liar. Like I don't lie about things. like I've never had like a, a pattern or a history of lying. Like I'm not like a shady person and I feel like I haven't told these lies to people about my life like it's been like about me and not like I wouldn't like if say I stole something and someone asked me if I stole I have this stupid example but like I feel like I'd be like yeah you know mm -hmm. like I, I give people my honest opinion I I everything else I have in my life is presented honestly except for this like huge thing <laughs> I know, but you know, that's what, th listen, that's why I do my show and that's why I like to talk to people and that's why I love being honest and I like for other people to be honest because it really shows that you could totally not be a liar, you could totally have your shit together, you could totally be a strong woman, you could totally be someone that doesn't, 
li- cheat or lie and you could do all those things just because yeah. you decide to make a couple wrong decisions and you don't really think them through and you take the wrong path okay and that happens to everyone at some point in their life and that's very humbling and that's why we shouldn't judge other people because we really don't know so I don't yeah. think that you know I think you know if you and it's your choice you know whether you want to admit or tell people I think it would be very freeing for you because I think to hold on to that especially as somebody who's so honest and not a liar I think it's terrible to keep that inside if you release that and let people know and sort of just explain where you're coming from people will learn from that and understand that that can happen and does happen and anyone that judges you just wait because at some point in their life they'll do something that's totally fucked up and they'll totally understand it because sometimes shit happens and you wind up doing things that you would never imagine and I get that because I fucked up many times in my life you know and anybody like I said that judges you it's because they still have been super controlling in their life and they haven't allowed for those mistakes but being a human being isn't about not making mistakes okay it is about making mistakes that's how you learn about who you are and you learn you're not perfect and you learn in your fucking 20s that you think you know everything and you're great and you're really fucking not and you have to do a lot of work on yourself (laughs) like the rest of us do you know what I mean so please it's not that big of a deal you have to like get to a place where you forgive yourself for doing it you say I I'm not a liar but I lied Okay, that there's yeah. a difference between a liar and somebody who lied. You fucking lied and you for a while about a huge thing. Okay, but if you yeah. could explain that to people and people, you know, within context, within the story, and you could even say, like, I don't even know why I did it. You know what I mean? Like that that's okay. Like I think people will understand it. And the people that don't, that's fine because they'll understand it maybe when they make the same kind of mistake in their life. Yeah. I totally, I don't know. Like, I'm going to have to at some point. Like, I feel like at least my family. Because, again, like, part of that, like, the reason I feel so awful about this is mm-hmm. not even, like, obviously, like, there's a part of my heart that's going to be really broken when we end up separating because we're codependent. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's still a part of me that's, like, oh, God, this is going to be awful. But a big part of this is just, like, the incredible amount of guilt I feel. Right. But it's also like, listen, when you I think a lot of like letting go of codependent relationships, a lot of the pain of letting it go is like a letting go of that part of yourself that was working out whatever it was. So it actually is a good ending and a good letting go. But there, you know, any kind of ending is a death. Right. So you always feel that first. But it's a positive thing that you're doing, you know, and you're going to move on. You're going to become a lawyer. And, you know, maybe you will have dysfunctional relationships in the future, but hopefully they won't be like this. Like hopefully you learn from you, you know you should learn from this that you know for totally. you you know what your trigger is the minute if you don't want to sort of rework that that you know that problem in your life or keep hashing it out in hardcore relationships is the minute you start to feel that crazy pull or that yeah. crazy you know you have to make sure that you don't you know cross a line with that person because once you do you're like trapped in that and i've got i know what my triggers are with a certain type of yeah. guy and how I could get trapped in relationships where I have no sense of myself. Like, I can't have no power. I become powerless, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, obviously, everything hasn't been all the way above board. But, like, different guys that I've seen, like, behind his back and stuff. Like, I feel like now, like, whereas before when I met him, I was, like, maybe more insecure. Like, I recognize things in people. And I'm just like, oh, no, that's not something I want to deal with because of this experience that I've had with him. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I know better now, like, 
Right. I think now I, you're just, I, I think now the fact that you're kind of unhappy and you want to get out and you're going to school, like, I think you're like beyond ready to leave and you're over it. I think as women, we feel really bad. A lot of times, like, like when he pulls that thing on you, like he probably makes you feel really guilty for leaving him because what will he do without you? You're probably a little afraid of leaving him because of what he's done in the past, you know, there, but I think you're very ready. I think, you know, you're past that point and you're going to do it, which is great. It's just a matter yeah. of going through the motions and it will be difficult and will be hard. But the minute you start that school, you're going to have a whole new life. Do you know what I mean? And you're going to look back and be like, oh my God, you're going to know that it was like the best thing and the great thing. And somehow maybe it'll be the best and the great thing for him because he's going to have to face himself without you. He needs a lot of fucking work. And I'm sorry, but neither one of you is probably going to help each other change. You know, you're both, like you said, codependent. Totally not. Right. So you both it's, need to find yourself without each other. Yeah, and he acts like he's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to have nowhere to go because he's going to have to move back in with his mom. And, like, you know, he's like, I'm going to, he'll, like, throw out all these things and, like, try. He's like, his big thing is just blaming me for everything, making everything my fault. Of course. And it's just, like, it's gross to me now. Like, I used to feel bad and stuff, but Mm -hmm. now I'm just looking at him and I'm like, dude, you're a grown man. Like, gross. Like, figure it out. Right, I figure so much shit out by myself all the time. Like, figure it the fuck out. Like, yeah, no, You're you'll just up. leave him in the dust and, you know, unfortunately you can, you know, reach out to him five years from now and he might still be the same way. You're moving forward. Yeah. He may never, he may never work on those parts of himself. That's like his choice, but you've already yeah. made the decision to better yourself and some part of you is doing the right thing and, you know, you know that there's something else on the horizon and you're moving towards that and that's great. I think it yeah. will, you will be met with resistance it will go down probably really bad. You will be upset, like you said, even though it's codependent and dysfunctional. You love him. You've been with him for a long time. You understand yeah. him, whatever. But you'll be better off from it. And I think you're doing it in the best way. Like I said, if you left him, you know, and just moved down the street and said, I just don't want to be with you, like, he, that would be a different situation than you saying I'm going to school. It's a little less personal. I think somebody like him experiences that in a different way that he not that he doesn't get as angry for it but i think it's uh less of a reason for him to lash out on you i mean he'll yeah. still be upset and angry you know what i'm you know what i mean well yeah but like there's like there's nothing he can do about it like if i was just exactly move, i mean he, he was, says like, re- a the time. he says ridiculous things to you like you have a good job stay i mean like really it's like but you know he sounds like ridiculous because who would it who would tell somebody that going to law school you know, it was a bad thing. It's almost like ridiculous for him to argue that, you know, so what could he really say? I mean, he tries, but there's not much argument you could make for a woman at 30 years old. And I said to him, like, like, two years ago or whatever, when we were, like, having this, you know, one of those discussions, and he was like, oh, I'm a secret, blah, blah, blah. And I said to him, I was like, if you would get your shit together and, like, get some kind of counseling or treatment or whatever the fuck and like start working and saving your money and like start like building, like being able to build a future of some kind. Like I would feel like I would come clean and I would put us out there and like, I would work with you, but he hasn't done that. I can't wait anymore. Right. Like, uh huh. And I don't think, and I think the lesson for you is to come clean eventually on the fact that, you know, without any of that, do you know what I'm saying? That's like, come clean with that. that. More like, us being together, you know, like I would be like, this is my boyfriend and we're going to work towards it. But I was like, it, it was, it clearly like something that important to you. And again, like I've let him get away with it, but like, 
he would have stepped up, I feel like. And I, now, I feel like he didn't take it seriously. Well, this is the problem. I think, you know... And just, just the same like some of your family members, when they find out what you were really doing or when, when it was really going on, they knew they thought the logical thing for you to do would to have been to leave him. Or, you know, sometimes, you yeah. know, the stuff that drives us in the dysfunctional parts of our being is so are so powerful that it, it's you, you can't help it. It's a lot easy. It's a lot harder for him to really do that. It's not that he can't do the right thing or he's not stepping up. He might not be capable of it right now. He might not be no, emotionally totally healthy true. enough to do it so he needs you know he doesn't have the tools so it's not about him not caring it's not about him being stupid it's not about him taking you for granted he just uh, he probably can't that's really true that's a really really good point so that's not you know so your only thing is to leave him and eventually get somebody who's more suited for you and at your same level you know, that's unfortunately yeah. what's happening. You're sort of moving up and he's choosing to stay in the same place. And um, and so it's goodbye. I mean, what is your but what is your question? Is it that you're just so you feel so guilty about leaving and for lying and you're at the point where you just can't take it anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Well, all that's going to totally. come to a head. I think you're going to move and I think you're going to feel a lot better about telling people and maybe admitting when you're out of the situation. I think so too. I think it's just like, I need a little time to do that. Um, Cause there's so many changes happening at once. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think it'll be a lot easier to sort of like breathe a sigh of relief when, when I'm actually out of his physical presence. Right. Because I, and listen, I think calling in here and telling me is a big yeah. step for you. You know, there's some part of you that really wants to tell your story and release this, you know, lie that you're telling and reclaim that non-liar in you, right? Like become the person who you claim to be, which is somebody that doesn't lie and is pretty honest and sort of go back to who you really are. And so I think that... it's like, I just want a normal life. Like when I'm out having a good time with my friends, I want to like 100% be able to feel it instead of always feeling like... Ugh, but I'm, but this isn't even authentic because I have this whole other shit going on back at home. No, it's an awful way to live. I don't know how you could do it. It's very hard. It's very exhausting, especially for somebody. I think that there's chronic liars out there, perpetual, you know, people that are like, uh, what is that word for them? The, you know, they're, they lie yeah. all the time and that's just a part of who they are. I don't even know if you could change those kind of people. But when you're a pretty honest person and you get caught up in that world, it's like almost worse, right? Because you know. Yeah the right way to be and you're going against yourself so it's just really not good for you to do for yourself no it feels so crazy yeah and that's a good that's a good thing that it feels terrible because that's the thing that's gonna get you to change if you were okay with it that would be a problem you know that that uncomfortable uncomfortableness you feel is what's driving you to get out of it which is good because you're still young Um, listen if you were doing this at 50 I would think you'd probably never leave him, you know, um, but doing right. it in your 20s, like, is a lot of, a lot of, that's the, a lot of, that's the time where, not that you get a free pass for it, but like, that's when shit like that happens. But you really want to yeah. take note of those things when you're younger and your patterns. And I know you don't believe in therapy. Therapy is great if you get the right therapist. I really believe in it, even though like most therapists are fucking nuts themselves and they're not good. But if you find the right one, 
it's really helpful. It really does work. And when you when you wind up in a situation like you're in, like you're going to go to law school and you're going to do really great and you're going to come out in a lawyer, but you're you're going to still have this part of yourself if you don't go to therapy or sort of work on yourself in a certain sense. Like you are going to still have this part of you that got into this situation to begin with and stayed for so long, right? That is a dysfunctional yeah. part of you that you need to work on. So at some totally. time, you're going to have to face that or you're going to wind up maybe in the same pattern. It could become a pattern if you don't, you know, work on that. Because why did you wind up that way? Why, you know, why when you saw that needle, did you not run for the fucking hills? Why when he hit you that first time, did you not, why was that not a deal breaker? These are the questions you're eventually going to happen, you know, ask yourself. But I think what happens with most people in life is that especially this is why you find that people in my age range are just so fucked up is because they're making all those mistakes when they're really young, but they don't realize that that means something's wrong with them and they need a little help and they need to work on themselves and take care of that part. But everyone's busy becoming lawyers or doctors or getting married and having kids and everyone's sweeping everything under the table and you wind up with a bunch of 50-year-old messes. Yeah, and I don't want to be like that. Like, I'm not I'm not one of those, like, I have a lot of friends who are just, like, dying to get married and stuff. Like, I don't... Right. I don't get that pressure from my own mom. Like my mom had me pretty late. Like I don't feel like I'm very much cool with the fact that I'm about to have a breakup and I'm not married. And I, mm-hmm. cause a part of it is like, I don't want to like form a partnership with all this shit and then like end up having kids and like fucking them up because I didn't take care of my own stuff. Yeah, but, and you even said, like, you didn't deal with the fact that your dad died so suddenly. So I, I think that there's like a lot of unresolved things in yourself that um, need to be worked on so that you have healthier relationships. So I would say the best thing for you to do besides, I think coming clean for you would be very cathartic at eventually and just tell people it would be great for you. If you want to, you're going to leave him regardless. I know for sure you're going to do that. And that's great. And I think you're, cause you're moving out of the state, you'll be fine. But I think that you should also, buy a little bit more into therapy i don't know p i don't understand people that don't believe in therapy like I, what do you mean you don't believe in therapy i don't even know what that means like you think that people are perfect and you don't need help no and it's not even i mean i guess i just had bad experience like i again like i sort of work in the mental health field so like i you know i feel like i'm you know you work in the mental health field yeah i do okay what I'm do you do worker. oh you're uh, gonna be fucking I'm, kidding wait wait wait, wait. wait. okay what? wait you were telling me that you're a social worker, but you don't believe in social work for yourself. Like, you don't believe what you give to people is worthy. Like, you would never want it for yourself, but you dish it out? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I work with, like, um, chronically, again, I don't want to give anything away, but I work with, like, very crazy street homeless people. So it's not like I, like, have a practice. I, like, sit down and, you know, we do, like, crisis management and, like, homeless outreach, but... Oh, I yeah, love that. I, I think that's I, really interesting. Yeah, it's really, it's been an awesome job um, and really great. Um, but I, it's not that I, I don't know. I just have had a bad experience every time. Like, I feel like I almost feel like I I sit across from the therapist. And like, this is super narcissistic. But like, I sit across from the therapist and I'm like a punk and I'm like, yeah, I know what you're doing. Like, I, I read the no, book No, no, that's a, no, no, no. First of all, that's not super narcissistic. You know how many offices I've walked out of on therapists because I'm like, I'm smarter <laughs> than they are. Uh, yeah. is, yes, but that's not that's just a fact, okay? And maybe other people will, will think we're both narcissists, but they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> the truth is you're a I'm really smart and I did a lot of like like 
looking into self-help stuff. So a lot of times I what and I need a certain kind of therapist that could handle my personality, but they are out there. And as if, you know, for every, you know, five that I walked out and was like, I'll never see you again because you're a moron. I would find that one who would really help me. I did um, psychoanalysis recently, which is very expensive. And I did it a couple of times a week and it was so hardcore and it was life changing for all the things I've done in my life. I quit drinking. I've done a lot of things. I've really changed myself. I'm very into that. And I live my life by that. But really, yeah. it like changed my self-esteem. And I think that's one of the hardest things to change in yourself, you know. And it really, totally. really, really helped me. But that was by, I was with the smartest bitch on the planet, okay. This lady was so good. Uh, it was like yeah. nothing I could have ever read on a website or gotten from a friend or, you know, it, it, from, that's what I got from psychoanalysis. So I believe there are people out there that are really fucking good and you're not narcissistic. It's just about keeping going out and meeting. I went to five before I met this lady. I did. I looked into a bunch of them. I went to other psychoanalysis who were really ridiculous too and uh, found the right one and then stuck with her for a while. It was like life changing. So, you know, for, yeah. for you, you have to know that the good people out there exist. It's the 90-10 rule. 90% of everything everywhere is garbage. 10% is good. <laughs> totally agree with that. Doc- yeah. Most doctors suck, but there's like amazing doctors out there. Most everyone yeah. suck, but there's like amazing. And you have to look for those people. You have to believe in therapy. That's what you do for a living. It really exists. You should do a little work on yourself because in your job, you're always helping other people. Most psychoanalysis, they have to go to... Uh, it's a part of their job that they have to go to therapy themselves because they're getting so involved in other people's lives. The only way they keep a sense of themselves is to have their own therapy going on. It's like a part of the, it's a requirement, you know? So you're a social worker and you're always helping other people. You have to also help yourself or else you know what you're going to be. You're going to be just like those other people that you sit across and have a horrible experience, but you're going to be a shit social worker. Totally. And I don't like, totally. I mean, now you're going to be a lawyer, so it doesn't matter. Right. But you, So you really, though, should look for someone good because you have stuff that have happened that's that has shaped you and is definitely going to affect your relationships from your father's death to the drug use you've seen as you're younger, you know, to this bad relationship that you have. And you have this tendency and this pattern to go down this path and be this person. And if you don't want it to happen again, because it probably will, because this is the way that we learn. And, you know, you want to help during the process. I went through a very torturous situation for two years recently and I, that's when I was doing the psychoanalysis with it and it doesn't mean that like oh I became better one day and I walked out okay like I just learned so much and was able to finally leave the situation and kick that habit after doing yeah. it a million times so you're gonna do it again and you're gonna have like unhealthy relationships because you have that part of you but you need help during so at least when you're doing it you're learning from it more so yeah. than you know, we take in as much as we can, but a therapist could really help you go a little bit deeper. And, you know, yeah. and that's what I think you really should get a little help. Yeah, I agree. Like, I want to be able to, in my life, not walk into a room and be like, can we find the most fucked up guy that I can try and fix safe? Like, I don't want to do that as I know, but let you me know. tell you, you might be my age and still doing it on a certain level because like I cannot get away from some of my patterns, but you could change yeah. and be more healthy in your choices and hopefully you won't wind up 
in the situation where you go so far as to be dating someone for four years, lying about it. I mean, like you went pretty far down a path that. Oh, I'm like in the rabbit hole. Yes, for sure. And that's what you don't want to do again. And because you have that tendency, you have to be afraid of that part and you have to work on it. You have to be honest with yourself about that. And, and you can't think that you alone could change that because that shit that was like ingrained in you when you were little, unfortunately our attachment issues and all the stuff we all yeah. the issues we have in therapy comes from when we're really, really little. So in order to change that, it's hardcore. Yeah, for sure. So you need a little help, even though you're you're gonna you're fierce in your thing, you're gonna be a great lawyer, you're really smart, you're really strong. Like I said, you you know, you have to be honest about how sort of retarded you are in relationships. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. And like honestly, like being able to sort of tell this whole thing now, like obviously I have a long way to go, but it does feel better. Like it's nice to know, even though I don't know you and like no one knows who I am. Like it feels better. Like someone out in the world knows what's been happening in my life. Yeah. And it's not that big of a deal. And I promise. And it's, it's okay. Like I wish more people were honest about their stuff. I've always been, and I was saying this to my sister yesterday because she was like hiding her child's drug use with people in the family because she was like horrified. And I'm just like, you know, I really find in my life, cause I'm always honest about all of the mistakes and all the things that I've done. And I'm very honest about them. And I'm always talking about it to people. And I feel like people always tell me their stuff because they know I won't be judgmental cause I'm open about it. But so many other people yeah. don't tell people because everybody's hiding all their shit, you know? And yeah. it's like craziness because I think we're all human beings. We all make these mistakes. That's what being a human's about. You know, if we were all just a yeah. little bit more honest about it, then people would be more honest to you. And it's just a, it, it helps. And it's a good way to be, you know, and I do think that yeah. what you're doing is not that big of a deal. I think you'd be surprised at the reaction you'll get when you're honest. Cause listen, at the end of the day, most people just give a shit about themselves. So people are going to listen to your story and they're going to be like, Oh my God, I can't believe it for like 20 minutes. Maybe. And then, they're going to forget about it and go back to their lives so it's not going to be that big of a deal anyway right yeah but it will help you and it will humble you and it will maybe make you see things different that maybe in the future you won't be dishonest and you won't hide it so much because you won't be so ashamed that you could tell people that you're doing the wrong thing and people will still be there for you yeah and it'll be a much easier way to live Yeah, because when you're in the midst of shit like that, you know, you need people to help you get out of it sometimes because you can't be rational yourself, right? You you have had four years of dealing with all of this stuff and you have had no help because you couldn't tell anybody what was going on. Yeah. You know, you need friends or family at that point that you could talk to about a situation because sometimes you need like the voice of reason because you can't reason. So, you you know that's what's so dangerous about you know the situation that you got in because how could you get out you had he was your only person that could help you get away from him he wasn't gonna do that no not at all so so there you go I think I think it's great that you called in and expressed it I think like I said I think it's just at this point I think your situation is over I really do I think now it's just a matter of time you're moving at I mean, the end I'm of this summer? In a couple of weeks. Huh? Yeah, a couple of weeks. Like I'm, you're it's over and you're yeah. moving on and I think that that's really great and I think it's great that you know you're you called into the show and you had that feeling to write in and and talk and like you said in the beginning of the conversation I'm kind of nervous and I was like what are you nervous about like taping you're like no just being honest but like just to take that step and to do it 
means that yeah. you're ready to move on and you want to release it because it's such a heavy burden. And I think, um, yeah. you know, try doing that some more. Listen, if you decide not to tell anybody anything, that's fine too. I mean, it's your choice. But make sure to get a little help and to not get so caught up in all the other yeah. areas of your life and think you got everything under control because you got out of this and make sure you work on that so you can have a more healthy relationship in the future. Yeah, you're totally right. I really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, and even yeah. if you make a yeah. million more mistakes, that's life anyway, okay? Like, seriously, like, yeah. don't worry about it. You have a long way to go, and that's great because life is fun, even when it's horrible. I think it's fun. <laughs> that's the way I look <laughs> at things. You know, you're always learning stuff. I just think that's what life's about, you know? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. thanks for calling in. I hope Thank I helped so a much. little bit. I think it was really ballsy of you to come clean and uh, keep me posted. I always have repeat I will, callers. I, I really want to hear from you like in December after you've started your school, your aunt, like I feel like you're going to be in a much better place and I'd love to hear yeah. from you then and find out where you're at and what happened. And if you told people, I think that'll be really interesting. All right. So I'll like call you after my last like first semester final. <laughs> yeah, totally. When you're all done and you have that little break, I want uh, a second call and we do an update with you. Okay, perfect. Thanks uh, so much. Okay, Cookie. Good luck. And keep me posted. Okay, bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone? To anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.